Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you, folks. Uh, thanks, thanks again. Thanks again for honoring us. Thanks again for being part of this community. Thanks again for coming out. We had a uh, just we've been having a great time with the podcast lately, and just learning and growing. And I'm so thankful for my friend and co-host Stephanie, who's with me now. So, Stephanie, you go to this Brazilian steakhouse. You talked about this a few days. ago. It's been messing in my mind for hours and days here. What was your favorite food? I know you talked. Uh, you told me offline that creme brulee was really good, but I need to know the meat first. What was the favorite of the meat they sliced up for you? It was definitely one of, well, it was, there was two things. There was a pork, one of the pork. Um, I can't remember if it was bacon wrapped. I think it was maybe bacon wrapped. Oh, praise God. Uh, but it was so tender and juicy. It was delicious. And then one of the steak or beef meats that I had, but I can't off the top of my head. I can't remember, you know, they bring you so many options. Yeah. It's, overwhelming but um i like my meat medium rare more on the rare end than non-rare end of medium rare and um it was really good but i i'm i remember what it looked like but i can't remember what it was called that's okay man and then the creme brulee debbie and my favorite dessert which is just eggs Sometimes they put a little bit of vanilla in it. It's eggs and heavy cream, and it's cooked just right. You know, they have to steam cook it because it can't be cooked over flame by itself, and it turns into the custard of all custards. It just, the flavor, I mean, tell us about the flavor, man. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, I had it before, and so I've, I've made custard a ton of times, but not not the creme brulee. So, yeah, it was it was pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I tell you, there's something special the, about heavy cream. Yeah, and, and yeah. egg yolks. Yeah. yeah, everything about it was pretty great. And they take a little flame and put some brown sugar on top, and they put this little crunchy shell, and you kind of break that shell, and you get a bite of that brown sugar crust. Oh, man, why'd you have to talk about creme brulee? I'm dying here, man. Oh. Right? <laughs> well, good for you. One of these days, we'll all go to a Brazilian state. Well, you all did in Florida, so that was pretty good, and and sometimes it's hard, you know, Debbie, pray for her as you think about it, folks. You know, Debbie has stomach issues, and that's really been uh, something of prayer. Pray for that, everyone. Would you pray that God would just touch that? A lot of times it gets better, and then sometimes it, or it's really bothersome. Uh, so as we cruise along, we have this segment, and, and we went to the positive side, Stephanie. We were doing, you might be a knucklehead if, and we're going to go back. We know you people are going to admonish us as we go out. We'll go back to it. But for now, We've changed it to you might be right with God if. So I think one of the things that makes you right with God is just one word, kind or kindness. I think 
there's something to be said for a kind person. And I, you know, we could beat this to death, but reality is kindness rules. Kindness makes things change. Kindness makes things different. Stephanie's talked about, I have this numeric system that I help people with. So if people, you know, are looking for a boyfriend, a girlfriend, I, I, you know, I try to rate people by a numeric system. I know it's not godly. Maybe it is a little bit because I'm helping people, you know, but anyway, I try to line numbers up, but you got to admit that word kind or kindness puts you up a number or two when it, when you're a human being, it really does. Cause there's some people out there that can be pretty good luck and, and you want nothing to do with them. Yeah. I mean, you married a guy who was nice to you, right? Who was kind to you. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to marry. Um, yeah. You don't want to marry somebody who's going to mess you up. Yeah. So looks will get you in the door. You know, they will, you know, not kidding. I mean, you loved your husband. Uh, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You said he was better looking than me. I had to deal with that. I'm all done with that. But anyway, as we move along, <laughs> We get to the point, uh, the bottom line though, no matter how good looking he was, kindness has to make a difference. And so folks be kind. That's the bottom line. And so what do you say to people who are, uh, and, and this is a big one. I thought about this one. I gave this one a lot of thoughts, Stephanie. And, uh, you know, you say to people, I'm sorry you feel that way. Or when people are being mean or something, I'm so sorry you know, what can I do to help you have a better day? That kind of thing. Pull people back to the kind side. There's some people out there that get in bad places really quick, Stephanie, you know, especially with the hypervigilance, it's easy to get to a bad place really quick. And it's easy to be, you know, sometimes we can be mad at people for a lot in life. Yeah. And, uh, you don't do that. I mean, you don't go walking around mad at the world, uh, because of what the terrible thing you and your family went through. No one in your family went around mad at the world, you know? Uh, I mean, you've been able to pull off the kindness factor of that. So we somehow along the way, we got to be kind and we got to help other people be kind. So maybe what we say to people again is, you know, how can I help you feel better? You know, is there something I can do? You want to talk? And you know, I got to tell you something, you know what I've found out too, Stephanie is people don't talk to people the way they used to. They don't, you know, there's not a lot of talking going on anymore. You know, people used to do a lot more talking than they do now. I don't know if you've noticed that. People in churches especially. I remember just being saved, and, you know, I'm coming up on 30 years, and Stephanie was actually saved before I was. And there's a little bit of a difference in our age. She's a couple of years younger than I am. But anyway, <laughs> times 10. Uh, and, then, and then a few, hey. I'm not picking on your age. You're getting ready to turn 47 and I'm not picking. Yeah, no, she's not. Stephanie is nowhere near the forties. But anyway, listen, here, here's the point I'm trying to make. Um, we got to help each other along. We got to talk with each other and people aren't doing that anymore. Find a way to talk. You know, people used to talk to me. They used to seek me out at church and talk to me and, and it's everywhere. It's just not you know, it's just not an individual thing, Stephanie. I think somewhere along the way, we've become somewhat impersonal. Have you noticed that? Yeah, very much so. And, and see, so my wife and me and Stephanie, I'll put Stephanie in that batch as well. We all share this, this one cool attribute. We're outgoing folks. I know Stephanie will tell you she's an introvert, but God's changed that since this whole accident with Charles, since Charles was martyred and stuff. I mean, she's not an introverted human being. I promise you that. You don't have to worry about that with Stephanie. She's out there, man. She, her freedom flag flies, you know, she's, a, she's all right, man. She, she's, if you're sitting across the table with her, with your family, you're okay. You're going to have a good time, you know? And, 
and her kids are the same way. You know, Steffi acts a little bit shy, but they all let their freedom flag wave. But, you know, I think if we can do anything at all, call people, talk to people, love people, say, hey, what can I do? Make that connection. And, and you know, sometimes people get, you know, I was thinking about this. So I, I was talking, you know how you talk to pastors and their wives all the time when you go to churches? Because you can't help it. I mean, pastors and wives run the churches. You go there, you're speaking, blah, blah, blah. You're talking. You know what I'm talking about. You can't help yeah. it. You hug them. You love them. You all go out to dinner. They have you over their house. They take you out to a restaurant, whatever the case may be. And you can't help but talk. And, and it wasn't that long ago I was talking to a, a, a wife, a pastor's wife, and she was so downtrodden and so brokenhearted, Stephanie, because people weren't calling her or talking to her anymore. She thought she did something wrong. And I told her, I said, you know, listen, my dear friend, and I told her this out of all honesty, I said, that seems to be going away from the church. I think almost we need to be the instigators of calling people and talking to people. I yeah. think it's, I think it's leaving the church. I don't think people are even mad at this dear sister. And she is a dear sister, a wonderful lady. Her husband's a wonderful man, but I really think that we initiate that. Anyway, that's enough of that. We got yeah. three verses to go through today, but I just want to say what you can do. The difference you can make is huge and, uh, and do that out there. Be talking to people, seek them out. What can I do to help hang out? Those kinds of things. Starbucks is always a good thing. Steak and spaghetti is a creme brulee. Put that on your list. Learn to make creme brulee. My wife has a good recipe. May, you know what? I'm going to put my wife's recipe out there online. I'm going to do that much food. All right. So this is, here we are. We're in Proverbs 13. We're in verse number 23. Much food, uh, is in the tillage of the poor. But there is that is destroyed for want of judgment. So I want to make sure I read this right. And uh, so I think I read that second sentence wrong. Is that is destroyed for want of judgment. No, I read it right. So there's much food in the tillage of the poor, but there is that is destroyed for lack of judgment. So this verse is a little bit different here. It's kind of all together. So we take it in a whole thing. Uh, And it's speaking about waste, I think, in the bottom part of that. I mean, what are you getting out of this verse, Stephanie? Well, um, it's honestly, I think it's the sense in which a poor person has to work a lot harder for their food. Um, they had to work much harder to get whatever they have. Um, and but I, it says, that there, but there is that is destroyed for want of judgment. And I think there's that, it's, it's almost like things are wasted. Things are not taken care of if there's not. There you go. Yeah, if you, you don't have a person with character or whatever involved. Yeah. Yeah. I think you hit both sides of that. You know, that, you know, a poor person can sometimes be that person that's laying on a couch and not taking care of the gardens, not taking care of the food, not canning stuff. I mean, now when you were a kid, now you guys, your mom had 10 kids. I mean, you had a baby in your arms from the time you were what, four years old or something like that. When did, when did yeah. number two come along in your family? When I was two, so um, I don't remember when she was born, um, when when the sister right under me was born, but I do vaguely, I have just, you know, I remembered it more, you know, years ago, but I have vague recollections of my third sister, or the third girl, and then I very clearly remember when I was six when my first brother was born. So, yeah, I've been around babies my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, I, 
I think that you were never out from under that. So going back to this idea, there wasn't a lot of money in your household, obviously. And you guys canned and you gardened and you put up food and you raised chickens, you told me, right? You raised cows. I mean, you did all that. And uh, so I think this verse is getting at we need to do these things. You know, even as poor people, we need to can things. We need to put things up. We need to get a freezer. It's all right to have, I mean, a pig will eat anything. You can, you can feed a pig an old Ford Pinto and they'll still turn into good bacon. So it's, it's getting everything right. You know, <laughs> yeah, you could feed a dead skunk on the side of the road and the bacon's still going to taste good. So, uh, oh, so, so we get that idea there that there's a lot going on with, uh, you know, maybe this is a rebuke to the poor. Maybe it's not, you know, this is one of these verses is kind of hard. I've got two commentaries open. I, I haven't really opened them today and really looked that much at them, but there's an idea, you know, Adam Clark is talking about, you know, maybe the poor is poor because they're laying around doing nothing. Uh, another guy's making a declaration, you know, sometimes when you're poor, kind of what you said, boy, we can be in a, in a place where we think, man, we're poor, you know, we don't have anything. You're not out there working the way you should, you know, you don't have help to work the fields and stuff's dying on the vine, whatever the case may be. I think that what we should get out of this first is that there shouldn't be waste in our life. And that's what I'm trying to get at. Even Stephanie with her dear mother, Wender and her dad, uh, pastor, uh, Don, you know, these guys made sure they didn't waste. And I think that's what we should walk away from this verse with is don't waste, you know, make sure you use your food, make sure you put it together. I, I try to use the food as much as I can. I, I made spaghetti the other night. And then last night I made baked macaroni, you know, where I put macaroni, put mozzarella on top, which was a Stephanie move, added some new sauce to wet it down a little bit. And oh, turned so, it you made, so you used old spaghetti and tried to make it look new. I know. Yeah. What Emmy would say. Yeah, I know. I know. And, <laughs> I'm glad Emmy wasn't here and it did look new, but I didn't use the old spaghetti. I used new noodles. I just used the old sauce. I used macaroni noodles. And, and then, yeah. It just, it was reminding me of what Emmy told you. I did. Yeah, she so. did. Emmy's like, we got to go to the taco truck. And I said, why? I said, Mommy's using old spaghetti trying to make it look like it's new. Emmy is a cool dude right there. That's all I'm saying. He that spareth, in verse number 24, he that spareth the rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him, uh, chasteneth him betimes. And uh, what do you see in there, Stephanie? Well, I think we just need, I think it's the sense in which if we don't teach our children to love God, to fear God, we're not loving them. Yeah. And if we're not teaching them character, if we're not um, helping them understand that their actions are important for good or for bad, their actions have consequences. I think that's just all wrapped up here. I think so. And, And, you know, I think it comes, it's a figure of correction, whatever your rod is, you know, uh, uh, I remember correcting my kids by taking the Game Boys away and <laughs> things of that nature. Yeah. But there's got to be correction somewhere within. And, of course, there's no discipline that would equal uh, anything illegal. Of course, we wouldn't justify that. Neither would the Bible. And then we go to that next verse, Stephanie. And, and boy, you know, this verse really catches my attention. I wanted to save some time for it. It says, The righteous eateth to the satisfying of his soul, but the belly of the wicked shall want. I mean, this is a tough verse, and I, I saved it for the end. It actually wraps the chapter up. Let me ring the bell. Hang on. We're out of 13 here at the end of this. <laughs> but wh- what are you getting out of this? Well, I think there's a sense in which 
it's saying that God brings satisfaction to the heart, to the soul. Yeah. Of those who love him, those who are seeking to please him. Yeah. And, and boy, a hundred percent, a hundred percent agreement there. And, and, you know, I, I gotta believe that this principle is, uh, uh, you know, they used to talk about this, probably this principle meant a lot in ancient times or in biblical times. You know, when you're talking about these people, you know, the righteous, whatever they eat, they're, they're satisfied because they're satisfied with the word of God. It doesn't matter whether they're living on <clears throat> grains or whether they're eating asparagus or whether they're eating ham or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, it talks about this satisfaction to a soul, to, you know, everything, man. You're so satisfied uh, with what you got. And what's that verse? You quote it all the time, being content from the book of Philippians, right? And, uh, and what's I have learned. Yeah, go ahead. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Doesn't it seem like the righteous are content? Doesn't it? Doesn't it, it yeah, it feels like, you know, hey, we've had enough to eat today. You know, we're feeling good we're going through things. I feel like things are okay. I mean, to me, I think the righteous should find fulfillment in that a lot easier. And it even talks about that. Yeah. It talks about the stomach of the wicked. Uh, and I think that really deals with the judgment of God. I think that, um, you know, remember Elijah was fed by the ravens and the old widow of Zarephath and, and, uh, the whole country of, of Israel went hungry because of the judgment there because of their leader, but here's this righteous guy that comes down and says, man, the rain's going to stop. You know, that rain has been dealt with a lot in biblical times and Old Testament times. You know, you had uh, uh, Noah out there saying it's going to rain. Everybody's saying, what's rain? <laughs> you know, and, uh, because they lived in the firmament and stuff. And, and here we are, we're in this place. And, and, you know, and the righteous is being fed. And I guess, you know, are we happy? with the things we have in life, what's, what, how do we make this pertain to us today? You know, here we are living in, in the days of grace. Here we are, you know, how do we make sure that we're satisfied when we should be satisfied? Mm, well, being satisfied with the fact that God's been so good to us and focusing on his blessings to us, um, it, it takes away a lot of that discontentment and, um, you know, if we focus on all of the reasons, I think it, it comes down to, have, do you have a selfish perspective yeah. or a selfless perspective that'll affect it a lot? Yeah, it sure will. And, and I guess, you know, um, that word selfish, you know, it, that word, I think it almost goes along with the word narcissist. I think, mm. I think they're two in the same, really, in a way, aren't they? Yes, well, that's because the basis of Satan is pride, selfishness, all of that. And so, um, you know, my own heart is deceitful and, and wicked. And so without God's grace, I'm capable of being yeah. an artist as much as any other person out there. And so it comes down to, yes, without, without the Lord Jesus Christ changing us and flowing through us, we're all capable of that. You know, that's a really good point. You know, and I think it's a point that we need to look at here for a minute. And that's within us, within every one of us, we have the ability 
to become self-centered, uh, arrogant, narcissistic, selfish. It's there. It's within it. And, and, you know, maybe we, you know, we all hoover there a little bit sometimes. I mean, you know, it, it takes a, uh, it, it, it takes, I don't know. How do I say this? It takes a human being to sometimes stop and look at things and say, wait a minute, you know, wait a minute. Uh, you know, I'm acting wrong. I'm doing wrong. It takes the word of God. It takes, uh, man, it takes so much. So, so how does, how do we take, uh, and I know I'm asking these hot questions, Stephanie, and I want, and I want to put together this question or craft it in a way that makes sense to your answer. Um, how do we make sure we don't go the wrong way when we're going through our junk, when we're going through our hypervigilance, when we're going through our, you know, all the crazy things that come with our abuses, all the crazy things that come with our traumas, all the crazy things that come with our triggers? How do we make sure we don't go the wrong way? Well, I think a massive part of that would be, um, I think of Psalm 119 where David said, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. And then he said, a little later on, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. And when you, whether you've been through something terrible or not, having to cleanse your way through God's word, begging his spirit to work in your heart and your life, and then seeking him with your whole heart, and begging him to do that work in you of healing, of restoring, of cleansing, um, so that your your way will be clearer. Your um, that light, as God's word shines on your way, you'll see the clear path you're to walk in. Um, and so, just seeking God, I think, is the mass massive main component of that process. And and I think Stephanie, and I think this is really hard too. And you know, sometimes I think the people we're most selfish to are the people we're most closest to. And sometimes I think it's easy for us to marginalize um, relationships, to marginalize, I don't know, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes I think, you know, uh, our kids, our spouses, our friends, our pastors, our, sometimes it's easy to, forget the value of them. How do we remember the value of others? And this is my last question for you. I mean, we're there, we're at the end of this thing, but I just want to be able to help me too. How do we make sure we value things in people? Well, <clears throat> asking God to give us his eyes hmm. for the person we're interacting with, um, that we would see that person, whether we're, you know, if it's a family member <clears throat> that you live with every day or a friend or whoever, ask God to give you his vision of them, yeah. that you would see them as he sees them. And when that happens, it changes everything. Yeah. Um, it changes your perspective. It. Um, I think of times that, oh, my heart's been so, when God has just struck my heart, if I get, you know, impatient with my kid, one of my kids and then, God gives me his vision of my child mm. and it breaks my heart because I'm like, Oh, I did not, I did not just have God's vision of my child. And, um, if we ask him for that, 
it will change our perspective. It'll change how we do do things, how we operate, how we interact. Yeah. If we get that from him. There it is, friends. Hey, remember, remember, we love you guys. If there's anything we can do for you, look us up on the Facebook page, Helpful Wounded Spirits. We'd love to hook up with you. Anything we can do, we'd love to get back to you. Uh, please make sure you listen to every word Brother Eric's got to say. We want to make sure that you know for sure you're going to heaven. Truthfully, we want to see you all in heaven. May God bless you. We hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.